I need a Nemesis Vanquish 762 with a Litten Ranger, night vision scope, a suppressor, and three extra 10-round detachable mags. Think you can handle that, or should I take my business elsewhere? Suppressors are legal for civilian use. Let's see what Dominic has to say about that, huh? Yeah, Dominic. Look, Chief, all due respect, I got a plane to catch. So why don't you just name your price and I'll get out of your hair? Plywood is only slightly thicker than the human skull. And these rounds fragment on impact, making them pretty much untraceable. listening to the kicking and streaming podcast this is episode 32 yes sir Can we agree on that episode 32 great um i'm your host johnny lake uh and sitting across from me now and forever though he sometimes goes and does his own thing <laughs> is uh is the beautiful the wonderful kevin hill kevin how you doing I'm doing good, Johnny. Uh, I try not to do my own thing too much, but no, it's, I don't. It's, I, that wasn't that wasn't anything uh, resentful. I, I like you doing your own thing and uh, getting you d- inspiration. From you do your own places. thing as well. We all do our own thing. Yeah, everybody does their own thing. Yeah. Kevin does it in an artful way, and you do it. I don't know. <laughs> all right, now we're getting towards towards now, insult. Now, now we're gonna let's no. let's veer back. It was it was <laughs> all right. Whatever. You're a great individual. <laughs> And I love you for who you are. Oh, oh you got nothing to contribute. Anyway. That. Um, this is the 32nd episode of the Kicking Streaming Podcast. And today, um, we're a little behind schedule from all the other great podcasts out there. But uh, we're going to do a little bit of um, Emmy nominations, like quick discussion and recap. We're going to do kind of like a lightning round. Uh, we're going to split it up. We're gonna, today, we're going to talk about the comedy and variety show nominations. And then at some podcast, uh, probably next week, I think, um, we'll do a half discussion on a movie, and then we'll do half discussion on the drama and limited series. Yes, sir. Uh, that sounds good to me. Nominations. Perfect. But before we get to the Emmys, um, as I mentioned before, with Kevin doing his own thing, um, he watched uh, a weird little flick called The Book of Henry. Weird last is week. not a good enough adjective to describe it man and so we're gonna kind of play a little we're gonna play a little game i I, hopefully you listened to the episode um but if not kevin kevin and i are gonna um we're gonna play a little wikipedia game and i haven't seen the movie ever Mm -hmm. i don't plan on it but kevin gave me a, a you know brief you know description we're gonna run through the wikipedia synopsis it's yes it's it's a four paragraph plot summary great and uh, basically, I'm going to read a paragraph, and then I want you to describe what you think the movie is like, the tone, you know, the characters, what's going on, what may happen. Okay. 
and then I will describe to you how you're not even close to the ridiculousness and bonkers plot and just misjudged character <laughs> development and lines of the movie. Uh, see, that makes me actually kind of want to see it. I, I would love to be witness to that. Johnny, I reached, I reached a point in the movie, in the podcast, where I recommended Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom to my kids, my future children, <laughs> over this movie. After That's I went bad. on that rant in the last discussion. Are it, we going to have a rant rivaling that one about Book of Henry, or is it just not even worth it? Uh, I'll say some concluding thoughts, but let's get right into the game, shall okay. we? Yes, let's All do right. it. So I pulled up the Wikipedia, and I'm going to read the first paragraph to you. I'm just going to go through the first paragraph, and then we'll talk. Okay. okay. In a small suburban town in the Hudson Valley, 11-year-old genius Henry Carpenter and his younger brother Peter are being raised by their single mother Susan, a waitress who is working on writing children's picture books. Henry has used his intellect to invest successfully in the stock market, building up a very substantial nest egg for his family. Henry also protects Peter from a school bully, and builds Rube Goldberg machines in their treehouse. Henry and Susan are both fond of their next-door neighbor and Henry's classmate, Christina Sickleman, who has recently become glum. So, I think that this, it sounds like a very, to me, that first paragraph sounds like a very glossy, like, kind of lifetime movie Almost, I thought of like Paddington, kind of in a way. Yeah, it's like very, very kids movie. Yeah, like. kids movie ish, but not not like not everything's perfect. Like mom's a single mom, mm -hmm. and um, you know, or like making things work, and has two boys, and one of them is like getting bullied. So Henry, Henry is the older brother. Henry's the only one. Henry's eleven, and Peter is nine. Yeah, or no, Peter's like six. Oh, okay. Peter's a Jacob Tremblay character. Right. Uh, and Henry is and Henry's by... the older guy, Jaden something. He was the main character in It. Oh right, Billy. Okay, yeah. Um, so the <laughs> I'll never forget how the movie starts because the movie starts as in like, like the classic children's cliche of being on the most ratchet school bus ever as the kids <laughs> get on. You know that. Yeah. There's never a school bus like you and I when we got on school buses where it's just like a few kids loud but like everyone else kind of keeping to themselves or yeah. sleeping or something. Those seats backs were high, people. Kids yeah. are not tall. Oftentimes yeah. you look up and you can't even see any heads. Yeah, there's these there's I have fond all the memories. six foot kids like throwing shit <laughs> all the time. I have fond memories of the school bus. Yeah. Um, but basically the movie starts with the main character Henry going like some kids are real pricks. <laughs> he throws out pricks. It's a really, uh, really mature kid. That's the first line in the movie. Some <laughs> kids are real pricks. And it's like, uh, I remember I got in trouble. I got in trouble for a friend of mine saying prick. Really? When I was like 11. And yet, Henry's throwing it out there. Well, but he's a genius, Kevin. Also, what did you think of the fact that it says Henry has used his intellect to invest successfully in the stock market, building up a very substantial nest egg for his family. That's the humorous and weird, like, glossy part that made me think it's a Lifetime movie. Like, ju it's just like a Super throwaway thing. Like, I imagine it, they don't even spend much time on it. It's just something that is. Yeah, he's, he's literally... Uh, Do they show him on the computer ever at all? Like, looking at... Well, he calls, like his, he calls his uh, stockbroker via payphone at school. 
and then he's like working on his mom's MacBook, and they have a discussion like, "How come I can't have a cell phone?" And the mom's like, "You're too young to have a cell phone," but yet he's old enough to do the family taxes. <laughs> I like that. Joey, let, let's let's go well, to the next. Do you have any predictions of what you think is going to happen with the line uh, next door neighbor is glum? Um, what with like all the kind of attention on. Uh, child mental health in like the media and the news and in culture lately I have a a sad suspicion a sneaking suspicion that that child might either take its own life or get into some very bad circumstances remember this is a kids movie as we start the second paragraph you did give me a little a little incoherent Jesus like, yeah. What did like, I watch? I don't know what. Because you was. you came like, home after I'd finished it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Henry sees Christina being abused by her stepfather Glenn, the local police commissioner. Henry reports the abu- abuse. Sorry, I'm a little Canadian there. To social services and the school principal Janice Janice Wilder, <laughs> but Glenn has connections throughout the local government. And Wilder is reluctant to challenge the commissioner without conclusive evidence. Henry is unable to get the authorities to launch a serious investigation that would protect Christina. Henry tells his mother that when someone is in trouble, those who can help must take action. He develops a detailed plan to rescue Christina that he memorizes in a notebook. After a violent seizure, curveball here, Henry is taken to the hospital where he is diagnosed with a brain tumor and undergoes surgery. Anticipating his death, he tells Peter to give Susan the notebook. Days later, Henry dies in Susan's arms in the hospital. So it turns <laughs> very quickly into November Criminals Elementary School Edition. Yes, <laughs> a bit, yes. Um, and that's the typical, like, small town, uh, somebody in power is doing a bad thing and they're connected, so it's not yeah. easy to take them down. Every town, every town along the Hudson Valley may be beautiful, but it's so corrupt. Every one of their in sheriffs. In the movies and is, TV is, shows. Yeah, yeah, is a total seedy bastard. Mm-hmm. Yep. So any thoughts about that quick turn from Henry makes Rube Goldberg machines in his treehouse and stops school bullies to child abuse, corrupt local government, and dead child? I mean, it's a, it's a, certainly a turn left. I, I don't... That's only the second paragraph. I don't know where... <laughs> How many more of these like shifts in tone we can do? But I'm here for it. So so let, give it to me. Susan is distraught after Henry's death and has difficulty functioning. But when Peter gives her the notebook, she focuses on Henry's plan. Susan tries but fails to interest a nearby social services agency in, to open an investigation. One night, from the window in Peter's bedroom. She sees Glenn in Christina's room and decides to carry out the plan. The notebook and an accompanying cassette tape describe Henry's step-by-step plan to kill Glenn with a sniper rifle while covering Susan's tracks so that it will be impossible to trace the murder back to her. Step one. Oh, wait, is the the paragraph (laughs) over yet? There's one more sentence. Okay. Susan's alibi is to be provided by executing the murder while both Christina and Peter are performing at a school talent show. Susan enters room dark the lights are not on it's peter's she sees the notebook on his pillow she picks it up pushes back the cover it reads step one buy sniper rifle (laughs) 
<laughs> Step two, buy sniper rifle ammunition. <laughs> you're not far off from how the movie goes. There's literally a scene where he's like, okay, you're going to withdraw $500 from several bank accounts. <laughs> then there's a scene, which I hope we play at some point, where she goes to a gun store and buys a gun illegally. Oh. Um, and then, because she buys a silencer for the sniper, which is I illegal. See. Uh, and then there's scenes of her like planning it out and going like practicing in their backyard shooting the gun. Mm-hmm. But hilariously, it's like this is just between Susan and Henry. But the way they found the notebook is Jacob Tremblay finds the notebook and goes, "Mom, Mom, uh, Henry wants us to kill Mr. Glenn." <laughs> like, <gasps> really? Yeah. Like, you know, if yeah. It's great. There's like, already an accomplice. Jacob Tremblay, like, isn't he like 12? I, I don't Playing know. like a six-year-old? Yeah. Well, he's very young. Yeah. Oh, he's young, but... He he is the best actor in the movie. <laughs> who plays the... Wait, remind me again who plays the mother? Uh, Naomi Watts. Oh, okay, good. Someone who is perpetually 42. <laughs> I was going to say, she was in a... Um, she was in a Netflix show, Gypsy, earlier. It was either earlier in 20... I think it was actually 2017, um, where she is a mother with a very smart and eccentric child living in a, a Hudson Valley town and working in the city. Wow. Yeah. It's actually... it's Similar Bi- projects. Billy Crudup and Naomi Watts are... Uh, are um, spouses are are married and it's like damn mm-hmm. that is a hudson valley couple if i've ever seen one yeah billy crudup perpetually, perpetually 48, 48 and naomi, naomi watts perpetually, perpetually 42, 42. <laughs> it's, it's uh, pretty good yeah but um, i mean johnny like you have to remember the the movie poster for this is like the main character henry wearing like fun aviation outfit and <laughs> it's like it's, What's its rating? It's, Tell me again. It's PG thirteen. Okay, but it's totally marketed as like a fun kids movie. If you watch the trailer, it's like all like the little gags and high drinks in it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't get to like, it does basically the first quarter of the movie is in the trailer, and it hides like the child death and like <laughs> hints at the murder. So like, you usually hide the child death. <laughs> usually hide the child death in the movie because people don't want to see the child death. Yeah, but imagine like taking your kids to this. Not knowing anything about it, which is like what a lot of parents do with their kids. They just see like, oh, you want that movie's what you want to see? Yeah, it looks yeah. fine. Yeah, exactly. And so you're sitting down with your kids, and then literally you get to basically sexual abuse of a minor, <laughs> physical abuse Sorry, of a I minor. Laugh. That's not funny. Yeah, uh, and you get to child death, and you get to like corrupt police, like never go the. More of the story being like never go to police, never go to social services. Right, yeah. Really good lessons to be treating. And now you're watching Naomi Watts illegally buy a gun and practicing it in the backyard to kill her neighbor. This movie seems pretty confused. Oh, totally. And we still got another paragraph left? Yeah, you ready for the final paragraph? I'm ready. Susan slips away from the talent show and puts the plan into motion. As she's about to pull the trigger, however, she realizes that Henry's plan, though ingenious, is the construct of a child, and that she must act as an adult. Took her 42 years, but she must now act as an adult. She immediately confronts Glenn and tells him that she is going to expose him for what he has done to Christina. Glenn replies that everyone will believe him, not her, 
and he tells her that he is going to call his police chief to come and bring her in. At the same time, affected by Christina's dance performance at the talent show, Principal Wilder decides to follow through on the abuse accusation and contacts the authorities. Glenn returns home, calls his relative at social services, and learns that an investigation is being opened into his abuse of Christina. As the police arrive at his house, Glenn kills himself. Susan legally adopts Christina as her daughter, and she also finishes writing one of her children's books, as Henry has urged her, had urged her to do. So, in the end, nothing that Peter did, or, sorry, um, what, what's the first son's name? Henry? Henry. Like, nothing that he did, like, his preparation mattered at all? Because it was just, like, the principal finally being, like, that that yeah. ballerina performance was so moving. Wow, maybe I should... Only someone who's yeah. being abused by a parent figure could make something that beautiful. Exactly. <laughs> That's how screwed up it is. <laughs> That's really messed up. Yeah, and then it's, it's like... Wow. And uh, they, they uh, first of all... Where'd you find this movie? It, it was infamously... No, it's the movie that they say is the reason, but probably is the reason Colin Trevorrow got kicked off working Star Wars Episode Nine. <laughs> it's, That's right. It's just, you watch the movie and you go, how can someone put $10 million, $20 million towards this? Like, how can someone read this and be like, uh, I don't know we should go through with this expectations were not uh met with reality Mm -hmm. i guess they uh anyone anyone can delude themselves into thinking they're contributing to like a beautiful project and i imagine that's what a lot of people that were involved with this thought it was oh absolutely i mean but it doesn't sound like the worst movie ever made it just sounds like a kind of bad movie like a like a pretty bad movie with some good actors Mm -hmm. that didn't really have a clear message or intent or like yeah i mean it was basically just kind of telling a convoluted story well the thing is is like november it would it is you brought up november criminals and it's a great comparison Mm -hmm. but november criminals is about like 17 year olds investigating like a murder and following leads like that like that makes sense but this is a movie aimed at kids with the two leads being kids yeah and just the way it tonally shifts and the way it goes from you know being really a fun kids movie about a brother and son dealing with bullying and dealing with a single mom and dealing with like how to plan for the future and stuff to turn into literally a scene where naomi watts says fuck it in front of jacob tremblay really yeah she throws out an f-bomb and i and i was like wow Okay, yeah. It's just, it's so mishandled and so mismanaged. And it's, ironically, the most ungrounded movie that's trying to be grounded in reality I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, hey, but that's the Hudson Valley for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, just, I'm going to throw out a few quick details that were in that plot summary for you to laugh at. Okay. Uh, I actually kind of believed uh, Henry could do, like, the family finances and stuff. But then there's the scene where the doctor comes in to diagnose Henry, and then Henry knows more about his diagnosis than the doctor. 
And I got offended for all of my friends who are in med school right now. Yeah. I was like, that's some bullshit. That takes years of practice and studying to like know that. Henry doesn't know that. I believe the kid could do the stock market. Sure. But like, I don't believe he knows more than the medical professional. That's uh, a doctor. A Hudson Valley doctor. <laughs> they're good. Also, the Hudson... They may be corrupt, but they're good. They're, they're the good guys. Also, Lee Pace plays the uh, Hudson Valley doctor. He is he an, He's an old uh, white man, right? No, he, I think he's like late 30s, early 40s. Lee Pace. I'm trying to picture. He was like the Elf King in the Hobbit movies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's been in a bunch of stuff. He moves in on Naomi Watts so soon. Wow. After not, after getting not, his child or her yeah. child the diagnosis of yeah. a terminal disease, he like shows up and is like, "I don't usually do house calls, but uh, how are you doing?" And at one point, like he gives Jacob Tremblay his card, and he's um like thinking, oh, "That's clearly like, hey, can you give that to your mom? Can you give that to your mom? Can you give that to your mom? Hey, can you give that card to your mom? Please give it to your mom. Please give it to your mom. <laughs> is she okay? She's t- just making desserts and throwing out the f bomb. Anyway, t- tell your mom uh, she want to go out for dinner. Tell your mom I I, I came by. <laughs> tell, tell your mom I said hi. Tell your mom I said hi. <laughs> It's yeah. Oh man. Um, also, so if you haven't seen it, go back and and listen to Kevin's watch. Uh, li- watch the movie yourself while Kevin's watching it. It could be a, it could be a great time. It what what platform is it on? It's on HBO. It's on HBO Go. HBO Go, HBO Now. I believe until it's said uh, November. So great. Can, and then I'm sure it will be pawned around and passed around to yeah. every streaming service to try to recoup the funds for Showtime. this. Showtime for this cluster Cinemax. misjudged tonal all the third mistake. party ones yeah i love it all right um let's move on thank you kevin that was wonderful let's move on to our emmys discussion so as we said we're going to be talking about the um the comedy and variety show nominees for today uh and then and on our next kind of discussion shorter episode we'll be talking about the drama and limited series yeah. nominees. So do you want to just start with the, the big hitters, the outstanding comedy series nominees? Oh, you got to save the big stuff for the end. Okay, all right, you're right. You so should we start with variety then? What do you think? Sure. All right, so... Let's just do variety talk, sketch series, and uh, specials. Okay, I like that. So the nominees for... Outstanding variety talk series are Full Frontal with Samantha B, mm-hmm. Jimmy Kimmel Live, Last Week Tonight with Do- with John Oliver, The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, The Late Late Show with James Corden, and The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Kevin, thoughts? Uh, really happy to see Full Frontal with Samantha B and The Daily Show in there. I think there's still two great shows that are cooking away some great content. Yeah. Uh, I think though this is you can handed out now to last week's night with john oliver yeah that i sh- think so too that show is just uh, uh, every week step above yeah. every week it's like they go they it, it's it's so much info and makes it makes something so mm-hmm. kind of mundane seem mm-hmm. so important and interesting i do say i'm a big fan of seth myers i do try to watch his show so sad to not see him in over say jimmy kimmel or james corden but yeah james corden is online viral stuff killing it right now. So. Yeah, of course. I mean, the, I, I, my dad sent me a video for carpool karaoke last week. It was crazy. I think what I noticed too, and I, I don't watch these nightly shows very much, uh, these variety shows, 
Um, I see clips on YouTube like and Facebook like most mm -hmm. other people, but I think just looking at them right now in front of me, I think what separates them in terms of maybe ethos would be that I think I recognize Full Frontal, Last Week Tonight, and The Daily Show as being like a little bit more um, like hard hitting and mm -hmm. a little bit more explicitly targeting of the current administration and and a little bit more willing to engage with politics and be a little bit offensive at times in a good way. Yeah. Whereas Jimmy Kimmel Live, uh, The Late Late Show, and The Late Show are kind of, they seem more variety, yeah. more kind of, you know, celebrity guests and fun, funny yeah. uh, bits. And Colbert, and Colbert's thing. a little more politics, but it's still yeah. kind of froth versus hard hitting. Right. And I think the best combination of those two, ironically, is the one that's going to win, which is last week. Tonight. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I'm very excited for that. Let's move on to the next category, which is... Variety Sketch Series. Variety Sketch Series. Sorry, we're navigating around the Emmys <laughs> website right now. Yeah. Uh, I got it. Yep. yep. So the nominees are At Home with Amy Sedaris, Drunk History, I Love You America with Sarah Silverman, Portlandia, Saturday Night Live, and Tracy Ullman Show. Interesting. I think this one's another uh, pretty obvious one here. Um, I, what, what, what is it? I think it's going to be Saturday Night Live. Okay. I mean... You don't think Drunk History has the, the deep enough <laughs> bench for this or the, the history or what? I mean, the only one I could think that's kind of close to it is usually it's like it's either Saturday Night Live versus something like Key and Peele or right. uh, Inside Amy Schumer in past years. Mm -hmm. uh, I just don't think there's nothing strong enough to compete with it. Maybe I Love You, America with Sarah Silverman, though I haven't watched that show. Um, but yeah, I think this is probably going to be Saturday Night Live. What do you think? I think you're probably right, too. I mean, I, I have even less knowledge of these variety sketch um, shows than I do of just like the variety talk shows that we just talked about. Uh, I have a good positive impression of drunk history mm -hmm. um, over, I mean, over the course of its own history, it's gotten better and better, but I, I think you're right. It probably doesn't have the firepower to compete with SNL, even as people say SNL is on the decline. Mm -hmm. All right. Which um, they've been saying since SNL wait, started its second year in, in 1976. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Variety special live. All right. Variety special live. The nominees are the 60th annual Grammy awards. Jesus Christ Superstar Live in Concert, Night of Too Many Stars, America Unites for Autism Programs, the 75th Annual Golden Globe Awards, and the Oscars. I think this, this category is like pretty silly. hilarious. It's very silly. <laughs> very silly and stupid. Mm -hmm. um, that being said, I would like to see like the, the Night of Too Many Stars or... Jesus Christ Superstar live in concert. Yeah, win. it's just it's so it's a, not it's an a, award it's a, show. It's a real one of these. It's not like the other. Yeah, <laughs> it's like uh, you know three award shows. Uh, you know, John Stewart just pushing a bunch of stand-up comedians on stage yeah. for a great cause, and then one that was like months planning in a huge production and you know a big musical. So I think I'm gonna root for Jesus Christ Superstar here. John Legend was Jesus Christ Superstar, right? He was. He was. Yeah, I, I think I actually might watch that. Yeah. This was on what, NBC? Cool. Yeah. So yeah, we're rooting for Jesus Christ Superstar. I would also be okay with seeing The Night of Too Many Stars winning. And now we're on to Variety Special, pre-recorded. Take it away. Uh, 
The Carol Burnett Show, 50th Anniversary Special. Carpool Karaoke, Primetime Special 2018. Dave Chappelle's Equin- Equanimity. Full Front with Samantha B. With Samantha B. Presents The Great American Puerto Rico. Uh, parentheses, it's complicated. <laughs> Steve and Steve Martin and Martin Short, an evening you will forget for the rest of your life. So, my first reaction to this is, didn't people think the bird revelation was better than equanimity? Uh, equ- equanimity, is, is that the small one or the big venue one? Um, I think that the equanimity was the... Was it the small one? Or was it the big one? No, it was the big one. The, was the probably big the small one. one was probably... I think people liked the small one better because it was basically just like him sitting in like some comedy club smoking cigarettes yeah. telling long form jokes. I'm okay. just I'm surprised cuz this sense. this one usually has a lot more stand up specials and I'm a little bummed that uh I mean something like carpool karaoke primetime special <laughs> which is probably like a, a bunch of pop artists. That being said, I think that's probably what's going to win. It, it probably will be. And I mean, I imagine it was a thrilling yeah. piece of television and to I'm watch sure, i'm sure i i mean i'm not gonna lie i don't really watch the carpool karaoke's until i'm home for thanksgiving and my family puts it on <laughs> uh, but i'm sure they got someone huge to do it i know you know someone like i don't know i mean they Neil got Patrick Paul McCartney Harris to, to do a regular just regular episode wow that's pretty incredible like a couple weeks ago they just told me to get in the car and then start singing with the big man <laughs> That's exactly what he sounded like. That was pretty good. <laughs> so um, I'd like to see Equinim. Well, I, I guess, you know. Um, we don't really care. <laughs> yeah, this one I don't really care that much. All right, Maybe and um, that's it. That's that's all we want to talk about for um, for variety, right? We just wanted to talk about. Yeah, I think the writing, you know, that's the directing and writing is going to yeah. be a little more boilerplate and a little more. We don't know. All right, so we're going to do the whole comedy slate, correct? Yeah, let's start with writing. Awesome. So the outstanding writing for a comedy series, the nominees are Atlanta for Alligator Man. That was the season premiere of this mm-hmm. second season. Um, Atlanta Barbershop, uh, an amazing um, Brian Tyree Henry kind of solo episode, like just chronicles of a day basically in Atlanta, mm-hmm. which was great. Um Barry for Chapter 1, Make Your Mark, um, and Barry, Chapter 7, Loud, Fast, and Keep Going. Um, as well as? As well as Silicon Valley for 51%, The Marvelous Miss Maisel for the pilot, uh, and that's, that's those it? are the nominees. There's six of them. I have to ask you, Johnny, um, you finished Barry. I am going through it now. Did you, Is, did you start it a long time ago, or are you, have you, are you only started, just starting it? I gave up. And then it got back into it because everyone's like, keep going with it. Yeah. Because the beginning is slow. It is. And I don't think that pilot episode for Barry is going to win. No, it, sh- it shouldn't, but actually. But was the seventh episode, like, the most bonkers one? Um, or, like, the one that made you go, damn, this is good? Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was the seventh episode. The sixth, seventh, and eighth episodes of Barry were really when I was like, ah, oh, awesome. So, like, I'm yeah. definitely going to watch season two. Like, this is amazing. And it did things that weren't totally expected either. Yeah. Uh, Bill Hader's a great writer and producer, and he surrounded himself with some talented people and is 
doing. And he's telling some cool stories. I'm sure we're going to be talking about about uh, Barry more later. Yeah. Um, do you think either the Lanta episodes could win? I think, um, I, th- I think Alligator Man, just like with Barry, though it was the pilot, probably not the strongest episode of the year, though it did have an awesome guest appearance by Cat Williams. Who was nominated who was for guest l- actor. Yeah, who is the Alligator Man himself. Um, I think the barbershop is uh, a really amazing episode. Maybe not the best episode of Atlanta, I th- in my opinion, this season, but definitely the best showcase of, like, Brian Tyree Henry's ability to act without speaking. I liked the uh, Watch podcast, which we're big fans of, yeah. if you couldn't tell. <laughs> uh, I liked how they said with that episode, with Atlanta, what's so great is you think it's just going to be like a first five-minute thing. Yeah. And then you realize, oh, wait, this, this is, is the, the whole episode. entire episode is they him point, and, and this barber. And you're just like, wow, okay. So um, I really like that episode, but Johnny, in all honesty, I think I'm going to say that what's probably going to win is the Marvelous Miss Maisel pilot. You might be right. Which, because pilots are incredibly hard to write, and usually they're rewarded if they're, like, really good. And uh, I also watched that pilot and plan to watch the series because it is delightful and yeah, um, quite good. Rachel Brosnahan's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, dude, even the advertisements you get on Facebook and, like, websites of just, like, the quick 15-minute clips of episodes mm-hmm. from Marvelous Miss Maisel are hilarious. Yeah. It's uh, it's a really great show. I still haven't finished the first season. I think I watched three or four episodes at this point and just had too much stuff going on in life and other TV shows, but I will finish this season. Mm-hmm. Um, Same. And be excited for the next one. I think Silicon Valley this year was... Um, Okay. It, it, yeah, it, it's that's that show seems like it has definitely gone down in popularity, especially since Game of, Game of Thrones' schedule has gotten wonky. Because yeah. they definitely had strength sitting right behind Game of Thrones, you know, as yeah. as a sort of reprieve, as like a funny, you know, um, uh, the little the little scoop of ice cream at the end of your yeah. gory delicious but overwhelming meal at the restaurant game of thrones and then beef being the late night sandwich that you make before you go to bed <laughs> yeah exactly they had they had strength being in that little sandwich there and it's still a great show i think this season was just as good as the last one but mm-hmm. uh yeah i think Atlanta gets our support for this particular category uh no marvelous miss Maisel. oh sorry <laughs> um yeah marvelous miss Maisel. so moving on to directing we've got uh a Atlanta episode FUBU, directed by Donald Glover. The Atlanta episode Teddy Perkins, directed by Hiro Murai. We've got the pilot of Barry, directed by Bill Hader. The pilot of Glow, directed by Jesse Peretz. Uh, initial coin offering, directed by Mike Judge from Silicon Valley. Uh, the Big Bang Theory, the bow tie, I don't know, Mark Sandrowski. And then the Marvelous Miss Maisel pilot directed by Amy Sherman Palladino. So I actually was just listening to a really cool interview. Also, again, of The Watch, um, but it was talking to the showrunners of Glow. And that, that is an awesome show with a ton of extremely talented women. Most of their crew is women. Uh, and they say... Um, Jesse Peretz is like the one like man they have doing a lot of doing the directing and his influence on the pilot and 
kind of just the the tone they struck from the beginning setting up their characters for like kind of their where they're blossoming now in season huh. two it all comes from the pilot um i don't know if they have the strength to win in this this is an extremely deep category it might be like the deepest of all of them as yeah. we said in the writing um the marvelous miss Maisel is very strong uh i'm gonna just go ahead right ahead and rule out the big bang theory um, I think I think this is going to be between uh, Jesse Peretz, uh, Amy Sherman, Palladino for Marvelous Miss Maisel. And Hiro Mirai. And Hiro Mirai for that Teddy Perkins episode, which was bonkers. Which was just really so overwhelming. I, I, don't, I don't know who to choose in that because I don't really know. I don't think I'd care. I think I, it's going to be one of those three, though. Yeah. I, think, I feel like with comedy, it's either going to be Marvelous Miss Maisel is like sweeping or it's going to be pick and choose of a from buried and glow and you know atlanta and stuff so yeah we'll see be all fun. right um, guest actress guest actress give me a moment sorry i got it if you want me to go no we're good i got it um oh, okay <laughs> okay <laughs> okay uh outstanding guest actress in a comedy series wanda sykes as daphne leto in blackish mm-hmm. tina fey as the host in saturday night live Tiffany Haddish as the host in Saturday Night Live. Maya Rudolph as Judge Jen in The Good Place. Jane Lynch as Sophie Lennon in The Marvelous Miss, Li- Marvelous Miss Maisel. Excuse me. And Molly Shannon as Val from Will and Grace. Six very talented women. Yeah. I didn't get to the last. Uh, so I didn't see Jane Lynch in The Marvelous Miss Maisel. Or Molly Shannon in Will and Grace. Um, I'd, honestly, I honestly I only know the two SNLs. Um, uh, and I feel like uh, either it's going to be the Tiffany Haddish wave continues. That uh, could be. Or, I, I mean, I, I really don't know. And I can't. Usually these go to like a Saturday Night Live. I could see Wanda Sykes uh, maybe yeah. just watching that one episode of Blackish. Is that a. Would say something. But. Yeah. Wanda Sykes is extremely talented, and that's a great show. All right, whoever wins truly deserves it. (laughs) Yeah, we love it in any case. Moving on, uh, best actor, Cat Williams as Willie in Atlanta. Guest actor, you mean? Yes, guest actor in a comedy series. Sterling K. Brown in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Brian Cranston in Curb Your Enthusiasm. Lin-Manuel Miranda on Curb Your Enthusiasm. (laughs) Donald Glover on SNL. And Bill Hader on SNL. Interesting. So we're gonna get we're getting some crossover here. We have both Donald Glover and Bill Hader as kind of like the masterminds of their own show, and they are potentially you know they're nominees for being hosts mm-hmm. on SNL again. You know, just like the last category, I think that's kind of a year over year mainstay. Is that somebody who does a great performance some week on SNL is likely gonna get the nomination? Yeah. For guest actor. Uh, that being said, as we mentioned before, Cat Williams in Atlanta kicking off the second season the way he did. And, uh, and there's a big push campaign for, like, give this man it. Really? And I, I, I've i seen that online with a lot of, like, clickbait articles, you know, why Cat Williams deserves it, you know. And everybody wants kind of, like, the comeback of Cat Williams. Everyone loves a good comeback story. That's true. Um I don't think it's going to be Brian Cranston. I think Lin-Manuel Miranda was fun on Curb. Yeah. But I think this is probably between Don Glover and Bill Hader. Ironically, the two who are probably competing also for Best Actor in a Comedy. 
yeah, Lin Manuel was quite funny with his like three episode arc. He could sneak in there. He could. I wouldn't be surprised to see him win. I think either Lin Manuel, um, Donald Glover, Bill Hader. Uh, it'd be great to see Cat Williams win, though. He's got my support. <laughs> All right, let's move on to uh, supporting actress. Best supporting actress in a comedy series. Zazie Beetz, Zazie Beetz, um, as Van from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Betty Gilpin as Debbie Egan from Glow. Laurie Metcalf as Jackie Harris in Roseanne. A.D. Bryant as various characters in SNL. Leslie Jones as various characters in SNL. Kate McKinnon as various characters in SNL. And Alex, Bo- oh, Alex Borstein as Susie from The Marvelous Miss Maisel. And Megan Mullally as Karen Walker from Will and Grace. Deep field. I mean, eight nominations. Yeah. Uh, a few SNLers in there. Um, not surprising. I think I'd like to see Betty Gilpin win. Uh, having started watching, you know, more than, I think about half of the second season of Glow, her performance is really great. It was too bad to, to not see um, Alison Brie get a nomination for Best Actress, but I think that's kind of how it goes with, like, you know, deciding which categories people are going to be nominated in and uh, giving mm-hmm. years deepness in those categories. Glow is a great show. Uh, I've said it before, and you'll hear me say it again. Uh, Zazie Beetz is a phenomenal actress as well. She's been in a couple of our movies that we've watched. <laughs> Geostorm. <laughs> yeah, Geostorm. She, was, she might have been one of the best parts of Geostorm. I think she was the sixth character. It's definitely, yeah, probably the sixth the, man uh, of the year. Yeah. Uh, the, the heat check award from Geostorm. I don't know nomination. if she has enough episodes this season, um, but kind of just the way that show is structured and, and created, like each of their characters doesn't necessarily get the whole like lead actor's share. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think I want to see any of the SNL characters uh, you, I got, here. I got something for you. Do you think Alex Borstein Alex, yes, I, I think Alex Borstein was something, Erstein, uh, uh, was one of the primary things that brought me back to watching um, The Griffin. Marvelous Miss Maisel. Yeah. Um, in the first couple episodes, seeing that familiar face and hearing that familiar voice and the character that she played and how, how she played off the, um, the Rachel Brosnahan main character uh, it was very. It was. It was quite good. This is another. This is another category in which you know you and I don't have a ton of expertise. We're kind of just waiting to see the results, and I'd I'd be pleased if it went a lot of different ways. Uh, if it goes Megan Mullally, I'm gonna be a little upset. You think so? Yeah, because Will and Grace. You know, she won all the time for Will and Grace when it was originally on, and like Will and Grace on NBC is a bit of like a cash grab right now. Yeah. And I'm sure she's fantastic in it, and that was like the character she was born to play. But I think it's time for some, you know, new new blood, new shows to be rewarded. I agree. All right, next uh, next category is. I know this one who I want to win and who should win the yada yada yada. Uh, we've got supporting actor in a comedy series: Brian Tyree Henry from Atlanta, uh, Henry Winkler from Barry, Louis Anderson from Baskets, Alec Baldwin from SNL. Keenan Thompson from SNL, Tony Shalhoub from Marvelous Miss Maisel, and Titus Burgess from Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Uh, I, I think Brian Tyree Henry is the best actor on Atlanta. Yeah, I think you're right. All of them, and I really think 
my favorite episode was the uh, one on the anniversary of his mom's death, uh, walking through the woods and stuff. I was yeah. just like, I was on an elliptical, and I was like, not and like you looking were, and at your the mind top. was on an elliptical too. Yeah, and I was just like mesmerized by his performance watching it. That was a crazy episode that I have to go back and rewatch. I've only seen it once. Uh, I think, I honestly think he deserves it, and it's it's. I agree. He he kind of is. I think it's this guy's year. He's going to be in like four movies this year. Oh, really? Yeah, he, and he was already on Broadway this year earlier mm-hmm. with the Chris Evans play. And I, I, I think that's this dude's year, and I think it would be a great, you know, uh, you know, great for him to win. I great think he story. deserves it the most, man. He really, like, brings so much sympathy and depth to what could be a caricature of a character. Yeah. And, uh, I, I mean, everyone else is talented. Titus Burgess is, I watch clips of him from Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt on YouTube all the time. Henry he, Winkler was gen- genuinely, like, an amazing part of the Barry experience. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And finally, after 16 years, Keenan Thompson being nominated for SNL is well this is deserved. the first time he's been. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I don't want to see Alec Baldwin win again, to be honest. No. Um, uh, and I know Louis Anderson has won for baskets before, but I think I would, I really want to see Brian Tyree Henry. If there's, if I could like choose one award to give at the Emmys, it would be to him. Good. I like that. I, su- I support that one as well. All right, uh, moving on to the lead categories. The Outstanding Lead Actress in a Comedy Series. We have Pamela Adlon as Sam Fox from Better Things. Mm-hmm. Tracy Ellis Ross as Rainbow Johnson from Blackish. Lily Tomlin as Frankie Bergstein from Grace and Frankie. Issa Rae as Issa D from Insecure. Allison Janney as Bonnie Plunkett from Mom. And Rachel Brosnahan as Miriam Midge Maisel from The Marvelous Miss Maisel. Kevin, if the last category was yours to give, mm-hmm. this is mine. I think where we, we all know where it's going. Yep. Rachel Brosnahan. I loved her since she was on uh, House of Cards, playing a very different character from this. Yeah. But she deserves it. Um, very talented a- actress. Um, you really, I, I can't say much more about it. Um, the, show's, the show's great, and I haven't even finished the first season. Yeah, I haven't finished it either. Um, and I, I, I mean, yeah, she, she hits home run after home run. My second place, though, is probably Issa Rae. Yeah, I'm glad she got nominated because I think she got snubbed last year, if I remember. And uh, from the episodes I've watched of Insecure, it's one of those shows that I'm embarrassed to say, like, I've watched episodes of, but not in order. Yeah. Uh, you can do that, though, kind yeah. of. It's, it's, it is chronological and sequential, but... It tells a fairly, it's kind of just like a relatable kind of like struggling and and living sort of show. And each episode seems to have its own life within Mm -hmm. it. So you can sort of watch them on their own sticks like that. Thanks. I didn't screw up. You didn't. It's all right, man. You you consume how you want to consume. Um, But yeah. I don't don't think any of the other... Rachel! I, I haven't seen the performances of any of the other wonderful, talented women in this field, uh, Allison Janney or Lily Tomlin or Tracy Ellis Ross or Pamela Adlon, but I know that the Issa Rae and uh, Rachel Brosnahan performances stick out to me. So those are the ones I'm rooting for. Yep, yep. All right, next up is lead actor, correct? Mm Mm-hmm. So take it away, Kevin. 
Uh, we've got Donald Glover from Atlanta, Bill Hader from Barry, Anthony Anderson from Blackish, Larry David from Curb Your, Enthousi- Curb Your Enthusiasm. Huh? What? Hey. What? William H. Macy for Shameless and Ted Danson for The Good Place. I didn't even know Shameless was still on the air. <laughs> I, I watched two seasons of that like three years ago. <laughs> I think I think uh, that's one of those where it's like, he's supposed to be really good on it, right? Right? Yeah, yeah. my friend said he's really good on it. All right, he gets a nomination. Like, yeah, I mean, he is good. He's gotten it for so many years now. Um... Obviously, we've talked a lot about Barry and Atlanta. But it so. is between probably Barry and Atlanta. Yeah. I mean, I, I think what you said about Brian Tyree Henry, Henry being the most um, uh, the most talented actor on that cast is completely right. And I don't think that's a disservice to Donald Glover because I think he does so much more than acting oh, yeah. on, on this TV show. Um, so that being said, I think Bill Hader being the titular role and the just force that drives the engine of the show Barry and obviously it being kind of his you know his brain child and whatever mm-hmm. you call it um, my my confidence and my vote goes behind him um, I think Anthony Anderson has a good performance on blackish and you know important as well um, Larry David obviously coming back with curb your enthusiasm it's fun I, I think... Uh, should have been... Uh, should it uh, have uh, yeah, no, no. Should he been nominated? Do, do, do we, we really get it? We gonna give him a nomination? I don't need it. Uh, I don't know. I'd be surprised if he even shows up. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Ted Danson uh, in The Good Place. I do um, watch The Good Place, and it is consistently pretty funny. Yeah. I have heard only good things about The Good Place. Uh, it's kind of like if you just finished binging Parks and Rep, Shout out to Seb Oja. Uh, <laughs> this is like the same guys who did The Office and Parks and Rec. So if you like need to keep that, uh, that juice going after going. you just binge The Office and after you just binge Parks and Rec, uh, The Good Place is the one to binge. And I think the first two seasons are on Netflix now. So Oh, yeah? Yeah, check it out. Great. Maybe that'll be my next uh, sick day watch. So uh, probably both of us are voting for Bill Hader. Uh, I believe, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm casting my support behind the man himself. All right, and finally, the one you wanted to start with. Yeah, we're finally Whoa, here. We're gonna end on directing for a comedy <laughs> series. That's what you wanted to end on. All right, let's let's go let's let's go one off here. So okay, outstanding comedy series, Atlanta. We got Barry on HBO. Blackish ABC. Curb Your Enthusiasm on HBO. Glow on Netflix. Silicon Valley, also on HBO. Marvelous Miss Maisel on Prime Video. And the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt on Netflix. This is a... Tough. <laughs> this is great, man. I love this. This is... Um, it's. I think... This is the most heterogeneous down... mix, like, ever. So many different chunks and different types of shows and different running times and different yeah. styles in here but it's it is like the cream of the comedy crop right now the marvelous miss Maisel is is that a half hour comedy i thought it was it's in like a, it's like 45 minutes comedy it's so They're it's so episodes. cool with like netflix and prime video like just so is glow uh, yeah glow is like never like just straight up like 25 mm-hmm. 22 minutes it's always like 30 ish to 
40 or something like that. And that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I, I think Glow is probably like the, the underdog here as, as they are in a lot of the other categories. Um, I think the big three hitters here are Atlanta once again, mm-hmm. Barry once again, and the marvelous Miss Maisel yeah. once again. I think I have this weird feeling, and we'll get into it when we talk drama and comedy, that one of these shows that wins is going to be like a brand new show, like, you know, and one of them's going to be an oldie. So what? Oh, so, so drama feel, versus comedy? Yeah. So I feel like it could be Marvelous Miss Maisel and then something like Game of Thrones. Could be. Or like one of the new drama series. Uh, and then, you know, Atlanta. Or you think Atlanta is still? You, you think Atlanta is like a second year kind of, you know, old crop kind of thing? Uh, I mean, it didn't win last year. Veep won, right? You're so, right. Um, did Veep not even get nominated this year? It wasn't on this year. Oh, oh, right. See that that confuses me though with like Game of Thrones. Like Game yeah. of Thrones just timed their season well enough that they got in this year even though they well i think like they early cut, 2018 I, I think they cut it off like memorial day oh so then something that starts in like july has to wait until the following year okay oh i see so you have to like have your premiere or a certain number of episodes out by memorial day Be- because i mean what we are talking about Glow's nominations, they're all from the first season, even though the second season came out exactly, yeah. a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, for me, if you made me choose one, mm-hmm. I would probably go with um, Atlanta. Yeah, but, I would as well. But I haven't seen all of The Marvelous Miss Maisel. We need to finish that and we then talk about it on the pod. Um, I don't think the first season of Glow... Uh, did the things that it needed to do to win best comedy series, but that, I think that was purposeful. If you if you want to if you people want to go listen to uh, the Watch podcast, this is some cross. This is from promotion outside We've of. We've already our, promoted them like three times. Yeah, so. but they he uh, Andy Greenwald has a great interview with the two showrunners um, of Glow, and they talk all about the first season and how they consciously took it really slow and only went from basically like the first casting call to shooting the pilot of of glow itself and so now that they're in the second season they're in the first season of glow it's really cool interesting yeah that sounds like a preacher that tv show they basically the whole first season is setting up for the first scene in like the comic book oh really yeah it's weird it's not good but i like preacher but yeah let's discuss for another time um yeah i mean i think it's between marvel's miss Maisel and atlanta i think uh barry will uh get a W for Bill Hader since mm-hmm. like you said it is Bill Hader's project but yeah. I feel like series wise itself everybody involved uh, especially when you got three acting nominations like tons of writing and directing nominations uh, you know other when you eliminate Barry in the technical and acting awards you have Marvelous Miss Maisel and you have Atlanta being the two right. dominant ones so and I think it's between those two there's parts of Atlanta that didn't even get nominated they're still like could be, could be very easily considered by some people like the best part of that show like like Keith Stanfield got no sort of critical I mean he got no nominations like tangible ones yeah. for Atlanta but he's fun but yeah 
but I mean, he's a he's a he's a he's another ingredient in the Atlanta mm-hmm. soup that is pivotal. Yeah, and uh, it's I think it's things like that that make me really love a show like beyond just having the kind of you know best supporting actor and best actor and and really good mm-hmm. supporting actress. It's like these kind of weird writing things and episodes like the Teddy Perkins episode and really weird fun characters that you just want to spend time with like like Lakeith Stanfield it's it's gonna be it's good honestly when you think about it like each of them have a guest acting nomination Mm -hmm. each of them have three acting nominations each of them have a directing and writing nomination uh and we think both you know both of them are gonna take at least one acting award yeah uh so it's it's really kind of it's going to be a fun thing to watch and see the result of uh you know which one wins the big one cuz they could be an even split on mostly everything else wouldn't it be great to see him totally split and then see Barry win uh <laughs> <laughs> win the best series yeah that'd be like uh i don't know in the year that it was between moonlight and la la land like <laughs> <laughs> some kind of just horrible accident on stage yeah some uh, random ass movie one well that's it for us folks uh thank you for your time we love talking about tv um yeah and we hope you loved listening so we'll see you next week uh with a watch of dark man dark man dark man dark man um and then we'll have a subsequent discussion like always um Please, if you want to hear anything from us, if you there's anything you want us to talk about, the Gmail is. We kicking. will extend the listener summer series. Oh, we absolutely will. Give Into us a, anything yeah. to watch, and we will watch it. Mm-hmm. Kicking and streaming pod at gmail.com, entirely spelled out. Uh, and then on Twitter at your fave podcast, kicking and streaming. Hell yes. Um, so we'll see you next time. Bye.